Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flour. This is Your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. Hi, babes. Hi. I've written at the top of my notes here, what's going on? <laughs> oh, do you remember that the, the all-celebrity cover of oh, yeah. what's going on? And Britney was like... Brutality. And everyone was unwrapping the blindfolds from around their head. Oh, that's right. Don't remember what it was for, but do remember the song. So that's a mark of something. Yeah. Um, how are you? What's going on? <laughs> what is going on? So yeah, we're recording together in person because of some technical difficulties. Physically together. <laughs> yeah, which is always nice. It's nice to be back in the studio and not in the remote Koreatown satellite studio. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, It's a little more kind of rural out here. As <gasps> you showed me your... Um... <laughs> you, oh, you okay. Are me... you referring to the fact that <sighs> I may have or may or may have not left my car unlocked the other night and someone went into it and took some no I know look just bear with me and someone someone basically took out the the handbook from my car and like left anything that was actually valuable baffling so I looked on my nest cam like my front doorbell nest cam just to see if I could have seen anyone you know you know stealing that jeep handbook couldn't see anyone stealing it but I tell you who may have stolen it were the six Creatures, critters, that, critters that were like <laughs> scurrying around at four in the morning, having a party on my front porch the other night. It was, it was. You showed me the footage yesterday. It was quite alarming. It was, it was just a lot of critters just running around on your porch. Yeah, I don't like, know what they were doing, like swirling around. Like you know when you see like a flock of birds and they all do that like movement together yes. in sync. It was like they were doing that, just like running around. And they filed. They did like a single file. Up away from the porch at the end, which was very strange. Well, to the Jeep to go steal the handbook. Ah, uh, I think I've probably told you this before, but my car got broken into when I was at college. Okay. Translation, uh, the end of high school, <laughs> right? Because I was at six. I was at six. Six from college. college. <laughs> Not college, college. And my car got broken into and I had... They <laughs> they stole my car stereo because it was more expensive than my actual car because yeah. I drove such a really bad car. But they took the CD out and left it on the seat. <gasps> well, first of all, thanks. That was nice. <laughs> I think I have told you, but can you remember what the CD was? It was a Greatest Hits album. Oh. Uh, was it... Mm, I don't know why, because I don't think you would actually have this, but was it Steps' Greatest Hits? Very close. It was S Club 7's Greatest Hits. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did have Steps' Greatest Hits as well. Steps Gold. Steps Gold. <laughs> had their cover of Chain Reaction on it. <laughs> I had my stereo stolen at university, and they left, yeah, they left the giant case of CDs in the car, but they did <laughs> steal the stereo, and inside the stereo was one CD, and it was Christina Aguilera's Stripped album. Ooh. Good one. Stripped of all makeup. Mm. No need for fancy clothes. <laughs> no need for cover-up or makeup. Oh my God, that's really embedded in my head. That's is that one of the intro? I was going to say, one of the many inter- intros and interludes that, that make up that album. I like the Loving Me For Me interlude. You know that one where she's all just like... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I would know if, if they hadn't been stolen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You didn't get to really break in the no. album. Um, something else that's failed us these last couple of weeks, we should point out that we're a little late in getting this episode out. And one of the reasons being is... We did, look, the other week we were super excited. <laughs> I'd come up with an idea. We were going to do a Sunday excursion and we were going to hot off the heels of your, your Denny's uh, journalism, Denny's Diner journalism. We were going to go to Sonic. Yeah. Uh, no, was it Sonic? Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. I beg your pardon. We were going to go to Dairy Queen and we went and I picked, it was a, it was a Sunday. <laughs> I picked uh, I picked Fraz up uh, in the Jeep when we still had the, the manual for the Jeep. You remember? Yeah. TBT. I mean, God forbid, if something goes wrong with your Jeep now, how are you going to find out what <laughs> to do? Mid-motorway, what what book am I going to flick through? Uh, mid-freeway drive. Anyway, so I picked Fraser up and we went and... First of all, we went to Lowe's. And we Translation tried to... Translation, B&Q? Yeah. 
home, home, home base. base. And we tried to buy a barbecue and that just didn't work because the barbecue I wanted, which was, first of all, very hard to find in the store. The barbecue I wanted, they were only selling them fully built. So, so basically, unless you have like the biggest truck in the world, you cannot go buy a barbecue from Lowe's. <laughs> but most Americans do have the biggest truck in the yeah. world. So it does make sense. Not yeah. for me. Um, so then we were like, don't worry. It's all, it's all good. We'll go to Dairy Queen. We'll cool off. And we were going to do Dairy Queen as a subject on this podcast. We get there. It turns out that the Dairy Queen is inside of a mall and that mall is obviously closed. <laughs> so it was like the most failure of a day of all time. Yeah, we basically went to Burbank and downtown Burbank for zero reason then we tried to look for the nearest sonic that's why you thought of sonic because mm. we were like we'll go to sonic instead and they were all like thousands of miles away in like a whole different country yeah <laughs> how are you i'm fine i'm great i was just telling you i had a lovely night last night i watched the birdcage mm-hmm. the movie still holds up um i was laughing out loud at points at one point, Robin Williams does a speech about like being gay and how he's not going to change for anyone. And I was doing some gay snaps. Snaps with one hand. What drink were you holding in the other hand? I was uh, nursing a rosé with ice. Okay. <laughs> well, Friday you did those margs. Yeah. Friday was margs. And mm-hmm. then last night, yesterday was a rosé day. Got it. Because Friday was margs for me. And then last night was more gin-based. Ooh, lovely. You know, just switched to that gin on a Saturday night. Yeah. I'm a little reluctant to... I have tequila in the freezer. But I'm Ooh. reluctant to also have another bottle of spirits in the house. I just feel like I have to do it kind of ad hoc, you know? Mm-hmm. Just have like the alcohol, then drink it and then move on. I'm not very good at like... It's not very, I'm not very grown up in that sense. I still have that like teenage thing where it's like, well, there's alcohol. I have to just drink it. Are you like, are you, are you also the, the kind of person who would only ever have one aftershave translation cologne on the go at once? Yes. Because Jesse has about 27. Yeah, I can't. No, I can't either. I can't cope with that. One, focus, use it. Although I do have a, a problem at the moment with candles and backup candles. Oh. As, as you know, I'm... I'm stuck on this very weird problem of just ordering candles on like a rotation because I don't know why I'm just burning them all the time, but I'm now down to one. I've got two, two candles on rotation, but only one backup candle. So I'm already starting to get a little panicked about that. Yeah. You got You got to get, I feel like they need to just keep turning up in the post. I, there, I mean, there is genuinely a candle subscription service that you could join um, but no, I hear you because my, uh, my backup candle, it was out of stock for about four months, like the, the one I love. So I was very, very upset by that. Um, we should tell our many, many listeners around the world what the hell this podcast is about. Every episode, we take a British topic, we talk about it, we dissect it, we work out the US equivalent, and then we discuss an American topic. We do the same and work out the UK equivalent. Exactly. That's what we do. You get a couple of topics per episode, a couple of little things to enjoy, and then that's it, and you all go home. Yeah, we, we've also been doing a recap of Canada's Drag Race on the Afterthought Media feed, which mm. we've been really enjoying. So if anyone has joined us from Afterthought and has never heard our podcast before, welcome. Welcome. It's basically, this podcast is all of the tangents from the Canada's Drag Race podcast and nothing else. That's it. <laughs> Remove that format and then it's just us talking shit. <laughs> and if you want to check out uh, Canada's Drag Race, episodes are airing at the moment. And as Fraser says, every week we recap an episode because neither of us are Canadian. <laughs> but I'm having the time of my life doing it. And I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's Jimbo or Rita Bagger's game. That's my... I love, I love it when someone says, quite like deadpan, I'm having the time of my life. Look, you know, I have a, you know I have trouble with sincerity and people not believing me. And like a true sociopath, I have to say to people, I'm being sincere right now. <laughs> Got it. No, it's super fun. Go check out on all the pod shops, Drag Race Recap for Candace Drag Race. Shall we do some feedback? Yells. I have a little Charlotte Church feedback from, um, no, not from her. Oh. It's <laughs> just from Instagram. Just uh, Killian, just all he did was comment, shelves falling. Oh, yes, indeed. So I just wanted to read out his comment there. Can you do it properly? Shelves falling. Oh, oh yes, indeed. indeed. <laughs> and then also on that note, uh, we had a comment from Brene Frown, which I think is a really good Instagram name. I don't get it. You know, Brene Brown, the author. No. Oh, babe. Who's Actually, that? I'm not sure if she's an author or not. Now I'm, now I'm, now I'm worried. Let's just move on. Um, Brene Frown says, I enjoyed her recent annoyed tweets denying that she was the Queen Bee on The Masked Singer, which of course turned out to be Nicola Roberts. 
all roads lead back to girls allowed <laughs> they sure do i like they're really getting the idea of this podcast now <laughs> all roads lead back to girls allowed loose women, women the millennium <laughs> the millennium <laughs> We, we were infected with the millennium bug and it just pops up every now and yeah, again. And X Factor. Okay, I had an email and I'm not going to say who it's from just to protect their identity because of the contents of the email. This person said that they were Charlotte Church's blog ghostwriter on the Charlotte Church show. What? So I'm guessing there was like some sort of like online blog where it'd oh. be like, this week I've been practicing blah 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 just in time for the show and then this person says in their email god she was a pain oh shit yeah that's a great bit of insight really Ooh. good feedback from that secret me, person you have to tell me off mic who that is i will do i've got some guesses okay um we also had an email an actual email to the you're welcome america podcast at gmail.com love love getting an email i know uh, okay it's from owen he says as a scouse gay diplomat working in south africa <laughs> I mean, process that information, everyone. We want to... I'm... Yeah. Want to know all about that. This podcast is absolutely getting me through the strangest period of my life. Oh, even the outdated Liverpool episode warmed my heart. Wait a minute. Outdated Liverpool episode. I think he just means the... I'm hoping what he means is the old episode about Liverpool, not our outdated views on Liverpool. Both apply. Both apply. Um, <laughs> however, how dare you not talk about Brave New World, the opera song, during the Charlotte Church episode. That song and the incredible animated video was seminal to the formation of my gay sensibilities. And he is a gay diplomat now. now. So that is important. Keep doing it, girls. I'm holding tight for the Sugar Big special. <laughs> oh my God, so are we. Okay, so we've just investigated that song. It came out in 2003. It was by Jürgen Vries and Charlotte Church, but she was credited as CMC. CMC. <laughs> <laughs> because her label was concerned about the press reaction. What, of her doing a dance track? I mean, who knows? And what did you say about the video? I said that the video is very much... Uh, it's been created by the same animators as the Sweet Like Chocolate music video. <laughs> is that kind of real look? Sweet Like Chocolate is kind of an annoying song, but the beginning of it is very, like, iconic. The... Well, thank you for that feedback. That was oh. it's very strong. Uh, what else you got going on over there? Podcast nemesis Michael. Ugh. He says, I like the Raven comparison. This is for Charlotte Church. But I think Miley Cyrus is the best equivalent. Childhood star attached to traditional music. Andrew Lloyd Webber equals Billy Ray. <laughs> Both have classical voices. Country twang. Miley turned legal age and releases Can't Be Tamed, which is very tissues and issues. As she gets older, she ignores trying to be relevant and embraces politics and leaning into her hippie impulses. Also, she had a talk show during quarantine. Okay. That's, That's strong. You can't ignore such strong evidence in the feedback. I know. I just, I just, I like the curveball that was Raven. I mean, look, it's, it's our show. It's our show. <laughs> Okay, we are back. Every episode we do a British topic and an American topic. Fraser, you're up first with the British topic. What you got for us? So I am taking us all the way 100 miles northeast of London Ooh. to a little city mm. that I actually hail from <gasps> called Norwich. Lovely. <laughs> Much like your relationship with Canada... I've never mm. been to You've Norwich. You've never been to Norwich. Or actually... much like your relationship with Scotland. Yeah, never been to Scotland. I've never been to Norwich. Well, that's not technically true. I have set, I've set one foot inside Scotland because I've been to Hadrian's Wall. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Sorry, that really caught me by surprise. And then I need a sip of water. <laughs> the number of school trips to fucking Hadrian's Wall. It was on a school trip. <laughs> anyway, so... I would just This is actually for full disclosure for people who are going to call me out who know me from, from home. I am technically not from Norwich. Uh -oh. I'm actually technically from a little village near Great Yarmouth, but we're not doing that as a topic. It's too depressing. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Although um, in the county of Norfolk, which is the county that I'm from, uh, on the radio they once said that Great Yarmouth was the Miami of the Norfolk coastline. 
<laughs> which I think means like a huge drug problem and like got super it. trashy. <laughs> got it, got it, got it, got it. So the nearest big kind of city to me growing up was Norwich. So it's like where I did some of my education. It's like where I went for nights out. It's where like most of my friends are from or have lived or live now. It's it's the, the hub of where I'm from. So I thought, why not? Let's talk about it. Sure. I mean, you're, I mean, sadly, you're very far from Norwich right now. And yeah. We're not going to be able to get to go back anytime soon. Well, so we may as well enjoy it from afar. Exactly. And it's like, I'm on the furthest side, like west of America and Norwich is on the east of England. So I'm not even, it's not like, you know, New York to Cardiff, which is closer. Oh, so much closer. <laughs> so I've actually enlisted. What I'm going to do is just, I thought, cause I'm from there, I won't get, be too kind of formal with you, but I've enlisted the help of some people from Norfolk to um, just here and there drop in with a few little facts and and figures about Norwich as a city. Um, One of the things that's important to note is where I'm from. The county is called Norfolk. The city I'm talking about is Norwich. There's a very distinct accent of people that live there. Okay. So I've asked the people who are reporting for me to give these facts in a Norfolk accent. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So first up is my friend Elisa. She's just going to give you a little fact about what you see as you drive into the city of Norwich. Okay. As you drive into the sea, the sign says, Welcome to Norwich, a fine city. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> I'll just do a little translation for you there. As you drive into Norwich, on our sign, it says, Welcome to Norwich, and underneath it just says, A fine city. I, I love that, <laughs> because it could be read in two ways. Yep. A fine city, or... That's a, that's a fine, fine city. It's fine. <laughs> um, question, what's the population of Norwich? I'm, I'm trying to get, like, in my head... A sense of scale. <laughs> oh God, he does. He has, doesn't have that number prep. Okay, according to population city, which okay, is cool. a, a website I use regularly, it says the population of Norwich is one hundred forty-eight thousand seven hundred fifty. Right. Okay. So like one hundred fifty, one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. So it's okay. it's um it's a kind of a medium-sized city. And as you know, for the UK, yes, for the UK. And as you know, in the UK, the classification of a city and not a town <gasps> is having a cathedral. Sure is. Norwich does have a cathedral. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a very posh all boys school, the cathedral school called King Edward's, King Ed's. Teddy's. Um, and my brother went there and I didn't. Don't worry about it, everyone. I didn't Fine. know that. Yeah, my brother went to private school and I went to state school because I am real. Okay. Wow. Actually, what happened is I'm not trying to like be like, oh my God, we're so humble. But my brother got in on a scholarship. And then I also got into the boys' school on a scholarship and I turned it down because I told my parents, I don't want to go to an all-boys school because I won't have any friends. And well, I was right. You were so right. You absolutely made the right decision. I also think if I'd gone to King Ed's, I would have spiraled out of control, like some kind of like gay, like gossip girl character. And I would have just disappeared like into a world of like drugs. And But that also could have been really fun. Oh, no, it's... You know, who knows? You would have worn, like, not just decorative scarves from H&M, you would have had, like, expensive decorative scarves. Yeah, and I feel like I... Because obviously they had, like, a uniform, but I feel like I would have had, like, a gay version of the uniform. Like a funky gay version. Yeah, anyway. Like like, like Centrinians. (laughs) Oh, my God. All roads lead back to Girls Aloud. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone check out uh, Sarah Harding's role in Centrinians 2. (laughs) Who knows? So, um... Norwich, it's a very old city, so it's, mm-hmm. it's actually a very medieval city. So we have um, a castle. Oh, there lovely. is Norwich Castle. Okay. Norwich Cathedral. These are kind of the... I'll give you just some of the landmarks, and actually what I'll do is just give you a little bit of a personal fact about my own <laughs> life to go with it. So Cathedral, you heard that story. That's, you know, my brother had a high-tier education and I didn't. So that's that story. We have Norwich Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, all I can really remember about Norwich Castle is living in a in a city that has its own castle means that every school trip was like oh god we have to go to norwich castle again yeah i remember it being very boring i remember there was a wishing well that they had like a plexiglass like thing over so you could like walk over it and i was too scared to do that and then i'm not sure if i have conflated things in my head and whether this truly happened but there was also something where you went down into like the dungeons and they turned all the lights off and then everyone just stood in the dark and like screamed and i remember being fucking terrified yeah. one of my like early scarring experiences was being locked in the norwich castle dungeons with the lights turned out i would i would like to know about the norwich castle gift shop because i mean like any gay in the 90s my favorite part of a school trip was just the gift shop well there's a fact about me that i'm not sure if you know this but for a, quite a large portion of my childhood i collected something from gift shops okay would you like to take a guess okay is it like a colorful 
rubber, translation eraser. No, it's more tragic than that. Okay, is it a snap band? No, you're, you're thinking too young and cool. Oh. What would like an old lady collect from gift shops? China? Close. Plate? No. Mug? No. Get one more clue. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, um, um, egg, like an egg holder. No. I collected... <laughs> I collected commemorative decorative spoons. So it was <gasps> a spoon. Spoons. It was the spoon. And then on the at the top of the spoon handle would have... It would be like a little round thing. And it would have like what the landmark was. And I had them all in these plastic cases. And where, did, they where were in. they? Did you have them on display? I don't remember what I had done with my spoon collection. <laughs> if Laurie York or Felix York, if you're listening... Please get back to me and let me know what happened to my spoon collection. Did I have them on display? How, did you throw them out? Because that collection's probably worth nothing. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think people are like, people are going, you know, oh, like tripping over themselves to try and get like a commemorative spoon from like Norwich Castle, Castle Acre. Um, where else did I go? I can't remember those two. Hadrian's Wall, probably. I probably had one would from you, Would you know what? You'd be able to remember if you had the spoon collection. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other kind of Norwich landmarks. So mm-hmm. we have the kind of historical landmarks. Then we have kind of more just like landmarks of the city. One of them is a very old, there's a new shopping mall called Chapelfield or Chapelfield, if you want to do it in the accent. Oh, do it again for me. Chapelfield. Got it. So Chapelfield was built sometime in like when I, le- like by the time I'd like left Norwich. So that's kind of like new. It has shops. It's like a big shopping center. Fine. The original shopping center, it was called the Castle Mall. And it was basically built around like, it was kind of stuck on the side of the castle. So like you would come down from Norwich Castle and then you could go into the mall and go shopping into the Castle Mall. So we used what, to call it the Castle Mall, not the mall well, because was, of the accent. Well, yeah, I was going to say the Norwich Castle gift shop obviously did so well. They decided to build the mall. The, the mall, the Castle Mall was a big deal. It opened in like the 90s. Oh, wait, wait, I need, to, I need to predict something about it. Did the logo of the Castle Mall have like a castle shape on it? I don't actually remember. I'll Ooh. look that up in a second. I'm actually, I'm go- you, t- you talk, I'll Google. So yeah, it did. Yeah. <sighs> the Castle Mall opened in the 90s. So it was like a very big part of my childhood. So we'd go into Norwich and everyone, you'd spend like the whole day hanging out in the Castle Mall. They had a Virgin Megastore, like a four-story Virgin Megastore. Oh, took over like multiple floors. Yeah, and, you, and I remember like spending just hours in there listening to like the latest CD. You remember those listening towers that they yeah. had? So the Virgin Megastore was big. They had a haagen cafe that me and my friends thought we were super classy by like going was, to the haagen cafe. It was expensive. Yeah, well, that, that was our like special treat. Yeah. That was when we were a little bit older. One of the biggest features of the Castle Mall was called the Castle Mall Gardens. And that was actually on top of the shopping center was like a gardens with all like kind of benches and like foliage because it was trying to not look too jarring next to the actual castle. Yeah. But fun fact, I'm not going to name any names. One of my friends, they know who they are, was fingered in the Castle Mall Gardens. Oh, that's lovely. Because <laughs> there's probably a view of the castle as well from up yeah, there. Yeah. So you imagine, you know, on a night out, we were underage Everyone, everyone involved was underage, I think. So nothing dark was happening. But um, yeah, we were on a night out and a friend of mine was whisked up to the Castle Mile Gardens for like a late night fingering. Oh. But the thought of, because the castle gets like illuminated at night. So actually I need to ask her whether the view was like gorgeous. Like nothing like being fingered while looking at a kind of a medieval castle glowing at night. Well, I don't know if you remember in the last episode when I admitted that I did a performance of Beat It by Michael Jackson in the local shopping centre. It took place in the Castle Mall. That's right. Great. Great. <laughs> um, you know, there was a Millie's Cookies, of course. Of course, that was a gadget gadget shop, maybe? Uh, um, I think there was a gadget shop. And then there was also, there was definitely a pilot. There was like a Kukai and they, um, <laughs> it was a Jane Norman. A lot of my friends were oh, doing oh, a lot of their a shopping with Jane Norman. There was a tie rack. Yes. I think there was a sock shop as well. Yep. Um, well, yeah. Well, if you, well, once you bought the tie, you need to get the sock. <laughs> so I've got another uh, fact about Norwich for you. This one comes from my friend Lydia. So mm-hmm. Are you ready? In the 19th century, Norwich boosted one pub for every day of the year. So there were 365 yep. pubs. Yes. <laughs> wow. Isn't that a fun fact? Do they still, is that still the case? Uh, it, it's not as many, but Norwich has an obscene amount of pubs and bars. It's like for a, for a city so small, there are so many. Right. It's great. Okay, should I what would it? be, in a pub in Norwich, what would you order? What would be like the standard like go-to order, do you think? Oh, I mean, there's not like a Norwich thing. There's, oh, okay. Well, there is, if you're straight. There's like Norwich Ale, 
Norwich oh. Ale. I said that in an accent then. I'm slipping into it because I'm talking about it. Um, yeah, there was, it's called Woodman's, uh, Woodford's? Fuck, I don't know. I used to work in this pub and all these old men would order ale and I didn't understand what oh, ale was. Like when I worked in a pub in, in York and it would be like, can I get a pint of bitters? And I'd be like, I don't know what that yeah. is. Can you just say that? Can you just say the exact name yeah. of the product you want, did, and I will get it for you? Did you when you were pouring um, <laughs> real ale? Did yeah. you ever get to say, "Oh, it's a bit lively"? <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone say it, and then I think I started saying it, and it was a real fun thing. It's like when it, when it like is it, when it like you pull the. What, what's it called? I don't know. The, the, the lever? The, lever. <laughs> the handle? You pull the beer handle and it, yeah, you go, oh, it's, it's a bit, a bit lively. <laughs> no, beer tap. It's a tap. <laughs> tap, beer tap. No, but I did become quite good at doing um, clovers on the top of Guinness. Oh, of Could course. you do that? Yeah, I yeah. used to. <laughs> oh, it's a bit lively. Oh. <laughs> One thing we have, which is a, a real feature, we have a dry ski slope. <gasps> Now, try explaining to an American what a dry ski slope is, because honestly, they don't understand. Well, it's essentially... They don't have them here. It's essentially a big, big slope, and instead of snow to ski on, it's like woven... Like fibers. Fibers, like like rope. It's kind of like, it's a bit like astroturf. Yeah. Like a bit like... It's um, essentially artificial skiing on like some kind of artificial surface. Year round. But... The, there's two things I'm going to tell you about the dry ski slope. Number one, everyone always talked about how dangerous it was if you fell over on the dry ski oh, slope because you get your thumb, think, you get your thumb caught in that that kind of because it was all like it was all kind of cross hatched, wasn't it? You yeah. get your thumb caught in it, you'd break your thumb. Break your thumb. Break if not your thumb, another finger. And the second thing I'll tell you is that I had my first ever kiss, just kind of just adjacent to the dry ski slope because it was by the river in Norwich. We have a river. And I went on a date with that guy who was the lifeguard at one of the local leisure centers, everyone. Ooh. And uh, me and him, we went and like sat on the riverbank by the dry ski slope and we snogged, translation made out. And as we were kissing, a boat of like very geriatric tourists on like a boating trip went past us really slowly <laughs> and like we just turned and looked and i think it was the first time a lot of them had ever seen two men kissing so Aww. really nice thing for my first kiss yeah you out there <laughs> just educating the masses um just quickly let's let's hear from another uh, norfolk person this is actually clc <gasps> and people might not know this she's from the same place as me well, we didn't even grow up together isn't that a fun fact let's see what she's got to say Norwich was the first place in the UK to use postcodes. <laughs> so I'll just, uh, she went fairly thick with that accent, so I'll just say that Norwich apparently was the first place in the UK to use a postcode. Translation, zip code. Zip code. Isn't that interesting? I mean, sure. Real quick, I'm just going to pivot to um, some celebrities from uh, Norwich. Oh, good, good, good. So, first of all, Olivia Coleman, she's from Norwich. Oh, okay. Also, Coleman is segues nicely into a famous Norwich export, which is Coleman's mustard. Oh, like the yellow mustard? Yeah, Coleman's mustard wow. is made in Norwich. There I mean, is the Coleman's mustard factory. Than, that's more famous than Olivia Coleman, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. I didn't take the time to Google whether she's part of the Coleman dynasty. Hang, wait a minute. As in Did she, she create the mustard? As in if she's part of the mustard dynasty. Hold on. Is her full name Olivia Coleman Coleman's mustard? mustard. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Okay, I, I'm finding it hard to find actual evidence because every article on the internet is using Coleman's mustard as like a gag and it's all from like Norfolk right. Norfolk things. In fact, um, on 21 Things You Didn't Know About Olivia Coleman, it says, there's no word yet on whether she's distantly related to the Coleman's of Coleman's mustard, but she's from North Norfolk, so there's a good chance. Love that. There's, there's no word yet. Yeah, but she that hasn't word, confirmed. That word's coming one day. So I'm, I'm devastated about the next one because I, for a very long time, thought this person went to my high school. Okay. Turns out she didn't. I always thought she was in our famous like alumni section on our website. I must have dreamt that in like a fever dream. But she is... Singer-songwriter Kathy Dennis, who wrote "Can't Get You Out of My Head." Oh, that's cool. She's from Norwich, and she didn't go to your high school. Cool. <laughs> she did not go to my school. Um, another person that's worth noting is Trisha Goddard. Remember Trisha? <laughs> Trisha. She was uh, a kind of '90s and early 2000s, which was like a talk show host. Yeah, like daytime talk show host. Yeah, yeah. She um, and she actually used to come into the Sainsbury's I used to work at in Norwich, and everyone was always like, oh, "Trisha's here." What did she buy? I just remember her buying bacon for some reason. Trisha bought bacon. Trisha loves bacon. She got it. Got it. <laughs> we also used to have loads of football players from the football club from Norwich City come in. And I, uh, people would come up to me afterwards and they were like, you just served like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I 
couldn't couldn't pick him out of the lineup. Trisha or nothing. Yeah. So speaking of Norwich City Football Club, there is one celebrity from Norfolk <laughs> that is pretty notable, and that is Delia Smith. So oh, Delia Smith is a. I mean, translation, Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart, exactly. So Delia Smith is a, a kind of a, a celebrity chef. British, British celebrity like, chef legend. Very, like, kind of cozy and mumsy and, like, lovely. Like, oh, just make, like, a lovely roast chicken. It's Delia's recipe. Do you remember in, like, early 2000s when she sort of... I don't know, because she'd been around forever. And then she released these new books in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. And they're a big deal. And there were, like, three of them. And it was all, like, back to basics cooking. And the first one... I'd like a really beautiful cream cover and a picture of eggs on it. Oh, yeah, And it was all about... Basically, it was like, basics, how to cook an egg. So one of the famous things about Delia Smith is that she is one of the majority shareholders of Norwich City Football Club. Oh, yeah. So she not only is... She's always, like, she's present at all the matches, but also she... The the catering and hospitality section of of the football stadium is Delia Smith's, like, restaurant. So I know friends, I think CLC worked as a waitress in Delia's restaurant. I think. I might be making that up. I might have confused that with someone else. Come at me, whoever it is that I've got that wrong. But I think CLC worked there, maybe. Got it. So there's a famous clip of Delia Smith doing... Apparently she was drunk at a Norwich City football match. And during halftime, she decided to, like, get on mic in front of the like all of the people and do like a rallying cry to the Norwich city fans. Now, cause I don't understand anything about football. I don't really know what she's talking about. Okay. But would you like to have a listen? I, I would love to. A message for the best football supporters in the world. We need a 12th man here. Where are you? Where are you? Let's be having you. What? <laughs> so actually, let's be having you is like a like a thing that everyone just says when they're associated with like Norwich City and with Delia Smith. Wow. What I will say about Norwich City is I went to see one football match there in my, the entire of my lifetime living in Norwich. And I constantly was looking in the wrong direction when goals were scored. And at one point I was... I think I was just like looking, like staring off into like the middle distance because I was so bored. And every time someone scored, because the noise in like the football stadium was so loud, it was so scary because I was like, it was so jarring. How old were you? Like 14, 15. Right. I just remember I was like completely just staring into space and then everyone was like, ah! it was really intense. Well, that's like being in pubs in the UK when sports are on. Yeah. I hate it because every now and again, there's suddenly like, like the biggest scream of all time. Yeah. And I just think a war has started. Oh, well, it's just straight people at their absolute worst, yeah. isn't it? I think I've talked for too long. I'd wanted to talk about this American diner restaurant in Norwich called Zach's. I've mentioned it. There you go, Zach's. Everyone, if you're in Norwich, still go to Zach's. They used to do a great dessert called a Mint Mountain that I used to get. Also, my friend rolled down the hill outside of Zach's and broke her arm when we were younger. Was that after eating the Mint Mountain? <laughs> yeah, she rolled down the hill, broke her arm. Got it. Anyway, so thinking of the US equivalent of Norwich. Okay, no, so it's like a medium-sized UK city. Yeah. But a medium-sized city in the UK is a lot smaller than a medium-sized city in America. Yes, it's a very it's a historical city in a very rural area that's technically UK in UK definition is quite remote, right. even though we're only a hundred miles away from London. What by the way? What's your closest airport in Norwich? Norwich has its own airport. Oh, but, international? Uh, ooh, Maybe Spain. I th- I'm pretty sure you can only fly to like Holland. Got it. <laughs> Um, I think you can go to Spain from Norwich, but you definitely can't get here. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I kind of, I've kind of done a, a real fusion of things because I looked up all the different, I took all, each component of what Norwich is in, those, in that respect. And I did a US translation and I've made up a new, a new location. Okay. Uh, oh. So I think that the US equivalent of Norwich is what you do is you take the city of Williamsburg. A historical, one of the oldest, most historical cities in the US. I didn't know Williamsburg was a city. You mean Williamsburg in New York? No. Like colonial Williamsburg. Oh, okay. Wait, so you take that. Okay, sorry, continue. Please stop asking me questions okay, that sorry, I don't know sorry, the answers sorry. to. Okay, continue. <laughs> so you take a historical, you take a historical town slash city, whatever, Williamsburg. Okay. You pluck it from wherever it is. You put it in the state of Iowa. 
which is all farmland and uh-huh. fields. And then you take that state, add Williamsburg, and you move it up to where Nebraska is in the US. Why? Why, why are you moving up to Nebraska? Because it's far away from everything. Right. It's the remoteness of it's the remoteness of Nebraska, the farming of Iowa, and the historicalness of Williamsburg. Here's the thing, though. Like, I know you're saying Norwich is remote. For the UK, it is remote. I I know you haven't been to Scotland, oh. but like, what about like Inverness or those places up there? Like, that's remote to me. <laughs> <laughs> We just made, uh, we just had a real charged moment of eye contact where I really didn't know what to say to that comment. I mean, no, I, I completely agree, but I'm, you know, this isn't the Inverness special, so shut up. <laughs> no, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Well, fine. Do you know what? I'm mm-hmm. going to take your note on board and mm-hmm. I'm going to remove the Nebraska of it all. Okay. How about I just say that the US equivalent of Norwich is Colonial Williamsburg moved to Iowa. You're welcome. You're welcome. We're going we're gonna to get some real feedback about that one, I think. Okay, you're welcome. Just in a Norfolk accent, it would be, you're welcome, Medallin. And we're back, and Ben has our American topic. What do you got for me, babes? I am going to play something to get us in the mood for today's American topic. My topic is <laughs> LAX, where Miley hopped off that plane. Oh, so what we're doing is we're heading from NWI to LAX. That's oh, the airport code for Norwich. Got it. <laughs> By the way, NWI to LAX is the name of my autobiography. I carry on. <laughs> Lovely. So LAX. I'm actually going to take you back to um, June 22nd. 2015. Okay. That was a day where I hopped off a plane at LAX with a dream and a cardigan. Yep. Now, at the time, dub smash was a very big deal in my life. And I did a dub smash <laughs> of me wearing a cardigan as I stepped off the plane at LAX singing the song. Part <laughs> it the USA. red cardigan with the palm trees on it? It sure yep. was. <laughs> I know that cardigan well. So hopping off that plane at LAX is, you know, it's it's been a big deal to, to both of us. Yeah. For sure. Yes. But the, the airport itself, I'm going to take you back to 1929 now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. That's when basically there were some fields there and yeah. then they were like, you know what? Let's build an airport. And that's when it started getting built. Oh, okay. Wow. LAX, of course, by the way, sweet dreams, my LAX, just so we all know LAX is the airport in LA. <laughs> um, shout out to Rachel Stevens, who actually named it LAX. <laughs> no, she didn't. Do you want some fun facts? Yes, please. Okay. Engineers started to tunnel um, Lincoln Boulevard under the airport. The construction was stopped, but the partially completed tunnel is still there. It is periodically inspected for structural integrity. <laughs> so there's a giant tunnel that runs under LAX that isn't used. And every now and again, they double check that it's okay. I can't wait to next time I land a hop off the plane at LAX, <laughs> my plane just falls into the hole in the <laughs> runway. Of course. Next up for fun facts. On July 4th, pilots steepen their takeoffs and descents to avoid sporadic fireworks from celebration events. Well, we know for a fact I have literally taken off on a plane from LAX on the 4th of July (laughs) and feared for my life. Had to take one of Michael's mum's Xanaxes because I was so panicked about it. (laughs) That was was a great July 4th. Um, And then final fact for you. There is a building at LAX and it's a a googie theme building, which is like a type of architecture. It's that building that resembles a flying saucer that has landed with four legs. Yes, I love that thing. It's It's very War of the Worlds, isn't it? Very War of the Worlds slash Jetsons. Yes. So just so you know, um, in the 90s, I can't remember what it was originally built for, but Disney Imagineers in the 90s gave it a retro future refit and it became a restaurant. Ooh, does it revolve? It, oh, if only, no, it takes off. It hovers. <laughs> it hovers. So um, I'm just going to actually show you some pictures of that restaurant when it was still in play. <gasps> How fun does that restaurant? Oh my God, that it was amazing. It was a, a cocktail lounge called Encounter. Um <laughs> There are lava lamps all over the place. Wow. There are bright lights. But LAX, as an airport, it's also the third biggest air, no, the third busiest 
airport in the world yes second in america um you know it's where we all fly in and out of when we're coming and going uh, to la obviously not right now yikes it's probably it's probably a little bit it's probably a little bit quiet there at the moment <laughs> yeah i want to talk about it because it's such an important part of la now when you think actually when you think of lax what do you think of lax just makes me think of Standing in line for security and almost missing my flight. Mm-hmm. So that's happened to me a couple of times at LAX. It is baffling that in American airports, security is like so weird. Okay, the secure LAX is yeah. the third busiest airport in the world. The security system there, it looks like someone threw up some trestle tables overnight yeah. <laughs> and like got some masking tape and like drew some arrows on the ground and you like go through. It's like so temporary. Yeah, it's that's actually. My thoughts of LAX is that everything looks temporary and it always seems to be being built or rebuilt or there's always something under construction. You can never get any food there because everything's always under construction. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my thoughts about LAX. And when you say LAX, all I think about is everyone talking about how like, you're like, oh God, I've got to go to LAX. And basically no one ever wants to pick anyone up from LAX because it's really annoying. Exactly. <laughs> so LAX is out kind of towards the coast and whenever British people come and visit, and they're like, oh, could you, maybe you could pick me up from the airport. Ugh. They do not understand <laughs> the repercussions of that request. Because if you're picking someone up from LAX, that's that's your day. Yeah, it's like driving into the, the flames of hell. <laughs> like, just gone. Like, sometimes it could take maybe, like, two hours to drive yeah. there. And then when you get there, it's so busy and congested. And then even just, like, once you've picked those, once you've picked those British fuckers up and you've shoved them in your car... And they don't fully understand how amazing the thing you've just done for them is. And then you're stuck for like maybe like 25 minutes yeah. trying to leave LAX. Yes. It's also very hard to stop at the curb and pick someone up at LAX. Impossible. You stop and before you know it, a police like a police officer is blowing a whistle like in your face. It kind of reminds me actually of like in London, the idea of getting to Heathrow. Yes. Where if someone's just like, if you lived in central London, someone's like, oh, could you just pick me up from Heathrow? You'd be like, no <laughs> driving to Heathrow to pick you up it's insane it's well, like not in London what have you been doing today oh, I just dropped someone off at Heathrow <laughs> no one ever said that no or dropping people off or picking people up from LAX it's just no we're just putting basically the reason I've chosen this topic is just to say to everyone in the UK we are never going to pick you up from the airport or drop you off there <laughs> um, something they also uh, brought in recently was okay well how What's your experience of trying to get like an Uber or a Lyft from oh, um, God. from LAX? And at Lyft, we mean the L-Y-F-T. Yeah, an Uber. Um, I, I'm trying to think about when I arrived, when I moved here. But it's hard to remember because I had moved to another country. It was Boxing Day. I had taken like diazepam on the flight because I'm scared of flying. And I'd been awake for like 24 hours. So... To be honest with you, I can't remember. I just remember it was very complicated and you had to go to a certain place. Yeah, you had to go to like a certain level and I couldn't find the level. And I had, it it was very stressful. (laughs) And since then, it's got even more confusing because they they brought in that thing last year called LA Exit, which is like all the Uber and car share things are now a 15 minute shuttle bus away from the airport. Oh my God. So basically you land after like your gazillion hour flight and you're like, I'm going to get an Uber. You then have to get like on a shuttle bus, <laughs> go to another place and then line up and get an Uber from there. Oh my God. So I, when, uh, when that happened, everyone in LA like went crazy because the idea that they'd have to get on a bus. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that you do not travel on bus. If you think that you're someone special in LA, do you? That's <laughs> obviously you want to know the hack. What's the hack? The hack is, Get, get an Uber Black or like an Uber, you know, like a like one of the fancier like ones. a town car. A town car, and they can come straight to the terminal building. <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting a fucking like a town car Uber from LAX to Koreatown. It'll take... Actually, no, it's actually not that far now. I live in Koreatown. Fine, I'll do it. Okay, great. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Where? What, what, what trip are you going on? Oh, God, I don't know. I want to tell you about some of my experiences at LAX. Please. Okay, one in particular involved security. Uh-oh. So, I was flying back um, from LAX, must be maybe like 2014, I think. After that time where I just basically kind of moved to LA but didn't. Yes, Um, (laughs) I remember that. And I was wearing on the flight home some cut-off shorts, a t-shirt, no underwear because I had no clean underwear. Uh Uh-huh. 
and oh, uncomfortable for a whole flight. No, because they were comfy shorts. It was fine. fine. And then, um, and then I was also wearing. It was that period of time where I was really wearing my Russell and Bromley slip-on brown loafers a lot. <laughs> okay, do you remember those? <laughs> yeah. Trotted, trotted around many a many a country in those Russell and Bromley. So translation of Russell and Bromley. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Coach. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, so basically, I was wearing like denim cut-off shorts and these like kind of slightly fancy leather slip-on shoes. It was a look, okay. No underwear because no clean underwear. So I get to security and the guy says to me, looks at me, points at me, and he says, "Shorts and shoes." What? Yeah. He went, shorts and shoes. What do you think that meant? Take your shorts off and your shoes and put them on the security thing. I thought that too. Oh, did he mean take off your shoes and empty the pockets of your shorts? All I know is, he said, shorts and shoes. And I thought I was to take off my shorts and my shoes. Yeah, and go bottomless through um, (laughs) security. So I was a bit freaked out and I like sidled up to him. And I said, "Um, I'm not wearing any underwear. (laughs) And he was like, that's okay. So I was like, what? You want me to take my shirts and my, my shorts and shoes off and I'm not wearing any underwear? And he was like, no, I was just commenting that you're wearing shorts and shoes. <laughs> wow. Like, I've watched a few internet videos of a erotic nature that have begun with a conversation kind of similar to that. <laughs> Did you know there's a whole subsection of airport security gay porn? Really? Yeah. What's it called? Does it have a name for it? No, there's just videos of people men getting frisked at the airport and then they have sex oh okay you've never seen you've never seen an airport security porn i i really haven't i mean i know like the old hacky joke was always like oh getting like patted down but i'm just like there's some research for you to do later patted down and probed by the sounds of things (laughs) um so yeah that was no so that was one of my experiences do you have any 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 similar experiences or anything else to go on at lax (laughs) i'm trying to think i'm my issue my problem is that as you know i'm terrified of flying so most of the time i've spent in lax i'm either coming down from a a drug haze of you know downers or i've just taken a downer so it's just kicking in so i'm kind of always airports are always very hazy locations for me because i'm never quite in my right mind when i'm in one because i'm terrified i i would say lax is a stressful airport but i have had way more stressful other airport experiences in the u.s have you ever done have you ever connected through Houston. No, Dallas. Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth. Which Dallas, which is the busiest. Yes. Dallas, Fort Worth and Minneapolis are two very stressful connections to make. What's going on in Dallas? Well, my issue with Dallas was I had to do a connecting flight back to, so I did an internal flight to Dallas from LA and then I did a flight from uh, Dallas to London. And basically the terminals are so far apart that you have to essentially get like a monorail, but like not just for two stops. It's like a, it's basically like taking your train journey. I felt like it was the equivalent in the UK of like traveling from like, you know, North London to South London. Like it was like a long tube journey. And basically my flight was slightly delayed coming from LA. So I, I actually had to run through Dallas Fort Worth airport. I once I got off the monorail or whatever it was, I was like oh. running to get on my flight. And again, you know, that's running and having my heart racing is not how I want to get onto a plane. No, I like to, my, I like my heart to be barely beating with all the sedatives I've taken. I'm I'm not doing any running in my shorts and my shoes. That's for sure. <laughs> or you'd be bottomless, just <laughs> <laughs> flying in the wind, running for that plane. Uh, correction. Actually, Atlanta is the busiest airport in oh. America, but Dallas Fort Worth is, is pretty much up there. Very stressful. Um, what actually, okay. Question. What's your favorite airport you've ever, you've ever been to? Um, I, I like Palm Springs airport. I've never flown in there. I've I've picked you up from that you airport. Have picked me up. <laughs> I like Palm Springs Airport because you get off your flight and then you go your you go outside to go back into like the arrivals terminal and it feels really it's like you get that instant like blast of being in Palm Springs. It's really hot and they have all these like rocks and kind of it's very like fifties desert. You know how all of Palm Springs. It's very like fifties deserty kind of mm-hmm. chic and that I found Palm Springs Airport really exciting. So you actually feel like you're arriving somewhere or my other favorite airport is on <laughs> i don't want to post about it but i have been to a little island called mustique you know which is <gasps> home of the rich and famous we with jerry hall with jerry hall hi that's what she said to me and yeah mustique airport's fun just because it's like a shack and you feel very like oh my goodness i'm just arriving on an like island <laughs> yeah 
Um, I love. I do love that feeling of getting out of an airport and it being really hot. Yeah. There is something, no matter how like kind of horrific LAX is, landing. You're knackered. You get a knackered translation. Knackered uh, tired. Tired. <laughs> uh, extremely tired. You get out and you go outside to work out where the hell to get that Uber, Lyft, town car. I don't know. And the heat hits you. And then as you get in the car and you're leaving, and there's always like, it's usually like sunset or something. Yeah. And there's like a gorgeous sunset. There's traffic everywhere. Everyone's angry. And you see all the palm trees and you're like, yeah. no, actually, this is quite a nice place to land. Also, <laughs> taking off and coming back into L.A., because quite often you go over the ocean and then like, what do you mean? You just not look out the window. Uh, how many times can I tell you not in my right mind? Like, I don't look at, I don't know what's happening. But when the plane is taking off, that's when I'm at my peak of. Got it. Well, well my, not even a peak, more of a valley. It's when I'm at my lowest. Got it. Well, <laughs> I'm barely alive when a plane is taking off. Well, it's amazing because when you take off and land quite often, they go out over the ocean first and then they land over there. And if you've ever take the beach bike path further down the coast from Venice down to some of the coast towns, you'll be on this bike path, okay, on the beach. <laughs> and suddenly you'll be like, and there'll be like a plane directly above you taking off, like scraping your head. It's very exciting. Ooh. Um, I also wanted to give you a taste of my favorite airport that I've been to. Flown in a couple of times to this airport in Jackson Hole in oh, Wyoming. No. I thought you were going to say something about London City Airport. <laughs> Well, well, I know you love London City We'll mention LCY, a.k.a. Lucy, in a minute. Um, <laughs> so at Jackson Hole Airport in Wyoming, it's like a like a ski town, Ooh. amazing place. It's where, so look, you know how like Canyon, all that crowd have bought like a ranch, it's all in that area. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, and also it's a very wealthy area because you 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 can make that your primary residence, residence and don't pay any tax. Right. So loads of wealthy people there. Anyway. <laughs> and that's why you've been flying in and out. That's manner, why right? I've been there because my primary residence, um, <laughs> actually the, the, the hub, the newest Your Welcome America hub is in Jackson Hole, Wyoming right. in the airport. Anyway, so we landed <laughs> one year and it was winter. So you land and there's mountains, it's snow, it's gorgeous. Ooh. You always get, it's quite a small airport. You always um, leave the plane and go outside so it's a key feature in a good airport, oh, as we've discovered. Very dramatic. So it'll be like snow, windswept. Ooh. You then go to the airport terminal building, which is all like beautiful concrete and wood. And you walk through an arch of antlers. <laughs> oh, oh, you have shown me a picture of those antlers. I remember seeing And that. then when you go in at Christmas time, straight away, they hand you a mimosa. <laughs> what the fuck? And then you'll see there's a live band playing. <laughs> Jesus. And there's an open fire as well. It <laughs> in is an the airport. Most, in an airport. <laughs> and when we landed uh, summertime once, we landed and you there was um, a bird display inside. So there are people just lined up, like five people lined up holding like birds on display. And you could go up and see them. This country's so strange. So strange. But that airport is magnificent. Having an open fire in an airport seems like a wild thing to do. Sure. Just do it. <laughs> We've got to shout out a couple of other airports in um, LA. Most importantly, Burbank. Burbank. The dream airport. Bob, it, is it Bob Hope Airport? Is that what it's called? It, it was called that. I think they're trying to phase it out being called that, but everyone still calls it Bob Hope Airport. It's so small. <laughs> Never you been. basically, oh, it's a dream. You just walk in, you just walk in a plane, and then you, you've gone. It's just, there's like nothing there. It's so, so fantastic. It's the best place to go for like internal flights, right? Rather than yes. international. It's it's a little more expensive, but it is worth it. <laughs> and it's it's basically the, the LA equivalent of my gorgeous, gorgeous fave, which is London City airport <laughs> i've never flown from london city oh airport london city airport what a dream life. it's usually just me and some like weird businessmen flying somewhere from the airport <laughs> love it and matt doris he's usually oh, there as well um okay so i was trying to work out what is the uk equivalent of lax what do you think i feel like it's heathrow it's, because it's, yeah. of how annoying it is to get to and that it's like it's called like Los Angeles Airport, and it's like London Heathrow, and it's like no, this is not in this is not in Los Angeles, and this is not in London. Yeah, I mean it is in Los Angeles, but it's in a really annoying part of Los Angeles. So I feel like I feel like it's Heathrow. It's not Gatwick. Gatwick's its own strange little creature, <laughs> and you know Luton. That's probably the the Burbank Airport of London. No, no, no. Like London, London City. City Airport. Okay, fine. Don't you don't you dare. <laughs> okay, look no, at me. Luton. Luton's like at that airport in Orange County. Yeah. <laughs> Stansted's probably like there's one in uh, Van Nuys. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I would agree. I think LAX is Heathrow because 
big international, a complete mess, nightmare to get to. Yes. But I want to get more specific because Ooh. I think um, at LAX, there's the Tom Bradley International Terminal. Yes, which I every time think is, uh, who's Giselle's husband? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Every single time I think the it's Tom the, Brady the Tom International. Brady International Airport. And I'm always like, he doesn't seem like the right person for that. Who um, is the other person? Tom. No. Wh- who wh- is Tom Bradley? Bradley. Oh, I don't know. Oh. He's the airport as far as I'm concerned. So they re- basically rebuilt this whole big part of the airport. And it's like the international terminal. And it's, it's very nice. I haven't been to that yet. What? How do, where do you, what do you fly in and out of? I think, well, maybe I flew into it when I came this last oh, time. Oh, yeah, you, you, probably, you probably wouldn't get to enjoy it. Yeah, I think I just arrived. It's very, like... out since it was built. It's very, like, glass and steel and, like, giant digital screens. Ooh. And it's very soothing and calming. Okay. Um, and, which, like, pictures of Tom Brady and Giselle, like, around Exactly. The you know when you, you, you enter America through immigration and yeah. they usually have the picture of a president? Yeah. It's actually just Giselle and Tom Brady, yeah. pictures of them. And, you know, the deflated football. Am I right? Deflate oh, gate. Oh. Sports. But I think that the, <laughs> the international um, terminal is basically Heathrow Terminal 5. Terminal, oh, lovely. Terminal 5. <laughs> <laughs> terminal 5. Just, if you're going to go to Heathrow, just get to Terminal 5 and have a breather. <laughs> what, what are your favorite hotspots there? Oh, I don't know. What, where, Maybe where a giraffe? It? I was about to say giraffe. It's very international cuisine. You can have a nice international breakfast in giraffe, can't you? <laughs> so... All to say, I think that the UK equivalent of LAX is Heathrow. You're welcome. You're welcome. And we are back and we're going to finish up, as ever, with a little quick round of Welcome Not Welcome, which is essentially us naming British or American things and saying whether they're welcome or not welcome, aka whether we like them or don't like them, essentially. Mm. A fun game. Welcome Not Welcome. This is a shout out. Second shout out to Andrew Westwell on the podcast. Yesterday, we were going to an outdoor area to have a drink with uh, him and George. And he told George in a text for me to go ahead and Bagsy a table. <gasps> Bagsy! Bagsy it. Yeah. Uh, and it made me, I really, made me want to talk about the word Bagsy. Because I wonder, here, would you say bag? Go bag I think a it would table. be bag a table. And I actually have no idea what the origin of bagsying something is. But to, essentially to any Shove American it. listeners, mm. to bagsy something is to kind of reserve, reserve it. So, yeah, if you were going to, like, an outdoor drinking area, you'd bagsy a table by just finding an empty one and sitting in it. Or it might be like, oh, um, I've just bought an uh, an almond croissant and a chocolate croissant. Oh, bagsy the chocolate one. Yeah, bagsy the front seat. Bagsy the front seat. I have a question for you. This is a, a subsection of bagsying. Yeah. We also had, and I don't know where this came from, and again, I am from a farming community, specifically potato farming, but... If we didn't want to do something, so if someone was like, oh, you need to like to pick someone up, so- someone needs to pick someone up from LAX, we would all go spud. And the last person to put their fist to their chin and say the word spud means that you have to do it. No, this is definitely your farming community. This is not anything <laughs> no? like that. Spud? I was going to say dingy that. Dingy? Do you know that? No, that's because you're all digging across the locks in <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> I did just live in a loch. No, be like, oh, they want me to, they want me to pick, pick them up from LAX. Dingy that. Oh no, that would be a spud situation for me. Okay, you keep your spuds. But I would say bagsing <laughs> is very much welcome. Welcome. Um, welcome or not welcome... The UK obsession with the hottest day of the year. Oh my God. We are, why did we not talk about this in the beginning? I don't, <gasps> I don't know if anyone back home has mentioned it to us, but it's been, it's been hotter than the Caribbean. Hottest day of the year. I mean, do you know what? Forget about going to Spain. Don't need to. <laughs> hottest day on record. Hottest People love day. saying that back at home. <laughs> <laughs> now, why, now, why are we being so snobble-ob about it? I'll tell you why. Because we've moved to LA where it's sunny all the time. So yeah, <laughs> we, are being, we are being really rude and we're annoying being, about it. We're I'm, being like, and I'm being, everyone that tells me about it, I'm being this annoying to them over text. I keep saying like, oh, is it really hot back home? No one's told me. And then I've been like, yeah, just being like really like, well, <laughs> when you live somewhere that's hot all year round, you tend to not really get that excited about it. But, <laughs> but and, and then when they're like, well, how hot is it? And you're like, oh, I don't know. It's like 90 today. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, oh God, I can't do that math. <laughs> I don't know. Math. 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 <laughs> so yeah, um, the hottest day of the year thing, I'm going to say not welcome. But to give it, to balance it out, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that also not welcome is the US measurement of uh, <laughs> temperature. temperature. <laughs> okay, because fine. it makes absolutely no sense and it should all be centigrade and Celsius. So, okay. you know. I, I agree. That's a, that's a welcome and a not welcome. Okay, and that is the show for today. Um, as ever, like us, review us on, uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave us a comment. Yep. 
do whatever you want on our Instagram. Send us an email. Send us an email. Like our gay South African diplomat. Oh, love that. Um, also, as we said earlier, we are doing weekly episodes of Drag Race Recap for Candace Drag Race. Have a look at your pod shop and give it a Google and search and you will find it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just enjoy it. <laughs> just enjoy just it, Just enjoy guys. it. Look, find it and enjoy it. <laughs> Um, I think that's pretty much everything I have to say. I've got absolutely nothing to say apart from I'm just looking at a book on your bookshelf called The Crystal Bible, which I'm really excited about reading when we're done. Uh, Crystal Bible. Yeah, that's my religion. Yeah. Okay, you're welcome. Bye. You're so far up your mouth, I can get to smell your own shit. Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go if you think you're I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flour.